when I first started, I was very afraid of asking questions. And if I didn't get something, I'd just stay quiet about it. Maybe someone else will ask a question or, or maybe it'll click eventually. No one's gonna ask it for you. Just ask the question or ask for help. We go to a class, one of the first things the instructor says, you have a question, ask it. Cause someone may have the same question and we all go like, yeah, 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 whatever. Then you'll sit there and have a question and not ask it cause you don't want to sound stupid. I have a lot of questions. I refrain from asking it until I'm messing up so much that, all right, I need help. Not asking questions was a mistake for me early on. And learn from it now in classes, I won't shut up. I'll be like, what about this? What about that? Excellence is a rarity, but you are not alone. Talk and shop with Outlier Firefighters. Hey everyone, episode 29, Talk and Shop with Outlier Firefighters. I am Alex Tanner. And I am here with FCG himself. First episode of 2024, uh, Frankie Contreras Gomez. Uh, Frankie, thanks for coming on. I'm excited. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's a, it's quite an honor to uh, be on this podcast with you or, and just talk and shop. Yeah. There we go. Boom. <laughs> Plug. We're already plugging it. Well, we're already on it, so it's kind of – but eh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so a uh, little background of Frankie and I, before I get into his background, him and I worked together, uh, for, for a number of years. Um, uh, probably what, almost all of my time in Antioch, I think you only got hired a handful of years after me, maybe two, like two or three, I think, uh, we went to paramedic school together and, uh, we were both lieutenants together for a long time too. taught, mm -hmm. uh, I went back and, and taught at their training academy, uh, with Frankie a couple years ago too. So, uh, if you guys are into training, if you're into taking care of people, development, you're in for a great show because uh, that's what Frankie's all about. So uh, we'll get to him, and, and I'll stop talking, which is the best part of the show. So uh, Frankie, first exposure to the fire service of any any kind. Any kind? All right. So um, I'm going to go way back. So uh, back when I was a kid, um, in ESL classes, actually, um, I, I there's a vivid memory that um, you know, the adoptive firefighter things that we have nowadays, or, you know, during October, you have the fire prevention week, all that. Um, it sticks to my brain that these firemen, um, you know, for me, they were the paramedics. I didn't know, I didn't know they were together. Um, they came into the school, uh, and just kind of showed us around. They brought the fire trucks, the ambulances. And to me, um, yeah, here's a little like soapbox type deal, but, I, you know, I was newly to this country. And to see something like that, it was uh, otherworldly, I guess. It was something pretty cool to see. My, I would never imagine that's possible. So they kind of like showed us around. They were super cool, super nice. And since then, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, later on, um, I worked at Six Flags as a lifeguard. And that's kind of like I started talking to EMS people, the firemen that they work part time there. And they kind of instilled that passion in me to go pursue that career so i guess that's in combination the earliest um aspect of the fire service in my life very cool Pretty so cool. how old were you um i came when i was seven i was around eight or nine okay when that happened um and i still remember because i was trying to communicate what is this what is that and with yeah. the few words i had in my english uh language it was it was uh difficult but it was fun yeah, so. you, you mentioned ESL, and for people that don't know, that's English, English second language. English uh, second uh, language, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, um, obviously that's a 
it's an awesome story coming to the country and learning something new and then and then finding something as cool as public safety like right away i mean right and and i think a lot of people like find it in the ems world because it's more prevalent like you you're more likely to encounter that yeah. uh but then uh so um you find your way in and uh what was your first exposure to the fire side of things then was it through through antioch when you got hired um you know i would hear when i, I worked at six flags and emt as well so i uh, a lot of them are firemen um a lot of waukegan firemen a lot of great guys gurney firemen so on and so forth so they kind of would talk about work about the jobs they got and i'm like oh that sounds pretty cool or or tell me more about that so i, I kind of got exposure secondhand there um like I did my ride-alongs at, at Antioch and, and the medic side, that's when I started seeing the actual hands-on exposure to the fire side. Um, and I re and I remember um, you. You might both in areas to work there. Mm -hmm. I remember I was work. I would work out. I was doing a paramedic ride-along. I think it was Station Three at the time, um, and I just was working out by myself in the bay floor. And I grabbed uh, hoses, a hose pack, a hotel pack, not knowing whose it was. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll grab it and go up down, down the stairs, not thinking. And uh, fire, the fire guys caught me doing that. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't know I was supposed not to touch your stuff. And it was super cool. They were more, uh, more or less like, no, man, keep going. And they would just stare at me. And then the invite happened of, hey, you want to come train with us? I'm like, uh, can I? They're like, yeah, <laughs> come, come, come play it pretty much. And. From there on, it was it was a new experience and something I fell in love with. Yeah, and for for context, uh, at that time, uh, for our department, the rescue squad and the fire department were split, so it was kind of a weird. Uh, it, it was a weird dynamic, dynamic. right? Yeah, so uh, to to get invited over to the fireside, uh, a lot of the younger guys were a lot cooler about that. I think that some of the older guys were at that point, but. Uh, mm -hmm. It was it was a different dynamic for that, so to get to get called over is pretty cool, right? It was just me just doing my thing, just working out, trying to uh, trying to get a little stronger there because I think right after high school it was a solid 103 pounds. So yeah, well we're pretty, gonna I, definitely talk there. about that. Yeah, and, yeah, and we'll we'll talk for sure about fitness and everything later. Like and we'll we'll save it for that. But yeah, um, later on, later on. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it because I, I, you know, I love talking about Frankie's half my height, and he can probably <laughs> outlift a lot of the things from me. I mean, dude, it's it's pretty awesome. But we'll we'll, we'll kick back. So uh, we kind of covered a little bit of your career path when you got in. So so talk about kind of let's say uh, now you're you're hired you're on Antioch you're you're fire and you're and you're uh, working you know through the medic side of it. Uh, talk from there to now where you're at. So, sure, when I started uh, at Antioch Fire, um, I, I kind of overlapped the fire academy and paramedic school. So as soon as I got my medic, I got my fire school. They were kind of pretty close to each other. And in my mindset, at that time, I was working the privates. I was working EMS at Flag. So I gravitated more towards the EMS, uh, EMS side. Um, and, you know, young, back then, I was younger. It was somewhat intimidating to, you know, do fire things. I don't know why now that thinking back at it i'm like what the hell it's it's, it's the fun part right um but um uh went through fire academy uh, a lot of the guys there kind of took me under their wing um and i think it was my first structure fire when i'm like all right i, I okay i'm in right um so 
Yep. Did my medic. Uh, I got my fire cert. After that, a couple years into two, two years into it, I uh, took my advanced class, and that kind of um, opened opened my eyes up a little bit more, um, realizing that there was more than just a, a basic company, uh, basic firefighter, or just firefighting. I learned that there was different things like ropes, you know, dive. It's, I mean, whatever you could imagine, it's in the fire service. And I think that advanced class is what really opened my eyes to those little branches that you could take. Uh, so from there, um, I uh, took some rope, rope ops class. That was pretty fun. It was cool. Um, started taking classes here and there, leadership, uh, different techniques, you know, like the nozzle forward that, you were ta- that, that we talk about. You know, classes like that, how to better your craft, and and I haven't stopped since, I guess you can say. Um, and now, goal is, I took my COFO two, two, three years ago, and now I'm going to try to take the advanced part of it and and see where it takes me. I got my dive like two years ago. Yeah. Um. So, like, like you, like you said, like I said, it's branches, 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 yeah. and I like to dip wherever I can. And you're you're com- you've been a company officer for how long now? Oh, about four to five, five years almost, I want to say. Nice. I mean, when I think we were close when you worked with us. I want to say uh, that you and I got promoted in the same uh, batch. Like same, yeah, same batch or around the same time. So yeah. uh, I'm bad with time frames. I'm bad with time. So whenever, like, like whenever you you uh, you you got around that hired, that's when I was. Yeah. I okay. Uh, and then. Uh, I know a little bit of your dynamic, but uh, do you act up now as from company officer to ship commander? I do. I do. I do act up. Um, (laughs) At first, it was intimidating. It was more of a don't shoot me. Whoever hears it, more voluntold type deal. Sure. Um, And uh, but it was. It's a good challenge. It was a good challenge, and still is. You learn every day. Um, And I got a lot of good mentors there helping me out. You know, our battalion chiefs. Uh, Chief Duchesne, Chief Taylor, Keith, and above, right? Our, our fire chiefs, our administration, are always there to help. So, and then people from other fire departments that you you make connections with, they'll you sit down, you know, catch up, and somehow end up talking about work. And there you go, they give you some advice too. So I've been doing that like three years, yeah. or around there, maybe more. I'm not sure, but it's fun. It's a it's a new challenge, a different experience, and to be young and doing that, it's uh it's cool, I guess. Have you been IC of a uh, like a, a major incident, like a fire yet? Uh, I don't want to say major, smaller fires, sure. uh, car accidents. I yeah. guess more bigger car accidents. Yes. Yeah. Um, as far as the uh, the big one, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Yeah, I just jinxed wood. you. Sorry. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot. Um, but I think I think with the the. The trainings that we've done, um, that the mentorship, uh, the help that is coming in and that is already there, I, I should be fine. It's, it's just going to be nerve-wracking. That whole oh crap moment and then take that deep breath, step back, analyze, and go. Yeah. So, but knock on wood, <laughs> it's not going to be for a while, right? Well, you, you never but, get to choose when, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when what, it happens. So That's knocked on wood. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's supposed to help. <laughs> So you get brought in uh, to the organization, and then is that kind of where you learned about firefighter culture and values? Uh, was it was it on the job? Was it person to person? Did you read about it? How did you find out about like firefighter culture? Uh, the all of the above. Okay. <laughs> so 
Um, like I said, uh, going back at, at Flag, I go back to Six Flags. That's where it all started, I think, yeah. for me. Um, there was guys that I worked with, like, um, and you guys might, some may be watching, some like Mike Wolchez, yeah. Adam Slade, um, Brad Edwards, who just passed away. Those guys kind of, like, took me under, and many more, right? Sorry if I didn't mention your name. There's just a lot that hand, uh, hand in that. Uh, well, just by talking to them, interacting, they kind of instilled little little tidbits of that culture, that that whole brotherhood type deal, that what the job in, uh, entails. That's where it started. And then when I went over to uh, got hired at Antioch, it, it's where it really I was engulfed in it. Um, I know you and I spoke just you know in passing the I call it the in betweeners. I feel like our generation were are in between the the older and the younger, so. We kind of get to see the older aspects of the fire service, the culture, and the newer and the newer that's coming up. Um, so I think that's pretty cool that we get we can find a way to blend the worlds together and and make it better, I guess, for the future. Um, books, uh, great resources. I've um, there's a new training program at our fire department for uh, acting BCs. Uh, so there's a lot of books that we've uh, been reading about leadership, a culture, so on and so forth. You know any and, off the um, top I, of your head? Uh, like turn the ship around. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. I'm drawing blanks. It's, it's um, your ship? It's your ship it's, is another yeah. one. It's, uh, it's your ship. Uh, five uh, leadership styles, like different things like Good. that. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot more, right? Oh, I, yeah. I like to listen to them. Uh, so if you guys don't like reading, like I, I hate reading. You could get audiobooks, work out, listen to a good book, and and you take a lot from it. So yeah, I think I think those things put together are it's what built that that culture and or that um that you know just experiencing the fire service in itself and just hanging out, I guess, with with your uh, brothers and sisters or with your coworkers, right? That that in itself is building on that as well. Have you felt? I know your your organization is very young. Um, so have you felt a transition where now, uh, obviously we're always all learning and you're always learning about being a firefighter, but have you felt a transition, um, towards now where, where you're the one that's setting the tone for, this is our culture, these are our values and you're teaching now the next generation. Has that happened to you yet? I, I guess, um, as, as far as felt it, I didn't realize it was happening. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, it just one day it dawned on me, like, holy crap, we're we're right now. It's our turn to um, instill this culture, instill these values, and and we are, I guess, to make it or break it. Right? We could make it a super positive, fun, uh, learning experience and fun place to work, or or not. And I think it starts with us to make it a little bit better for the future or better for the future not even a little but um it's not just me right it's it's all of us at, at in the fire service or in our organization um to make that happen so didn't notice it but yeah we're there yeah and just we're come, there. yeah <laughs> got caught in the middle <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you don't you don't get a uh, warning <laughs> no it just happens uh yeah, so a uh, little side funny story to transition to our next thing. So uh, unrelated to like leadership, I guess necessarily, and like culture, um, my my organization we're we're having a, one of our guys is going to retire. Uh, I think uh, his two days from now is his last shift. 
you know, he's been there for almost 30 years, like long time, right? And uh, I got hired at 28, which at the time was young. And now, like, we have such a big turnover. We're, hire- we're hiring guys at 21, 22 years old, right? That are way, way younger than me. And so I'm already not young <laughs> there. I'm 33 now. And we go to one of our nursing homes, and we're going to take care of a patient. And it was kind of an all-hands thing because it ended up being a fall with a little more trauma involved. But whatever. We had enough crews. And we're going in to help. And it's me and this older guy who's um, – you know, going to retire soon. And, and his name's Mike and he's, he's awesome. He's super nice with people. And Mike and I might as well have not even been there. <laughs> the, the old lady turns, looks at two younger guys and goes, Oh, such handsome young men here to help me. And Mike elbows me and he goes, see, it hurts. Doesn't it? Once they stop looking at you and you're the old guy, come on join me over here on this side. I'm like, I'm not even that old, Mike. He's like, nope, you don't get to choose. It just hits you. One day, you're just, you're irrelevant at that point. (laughs) You're the old guy one day. But one day, you're the person that's going to be building the culture, right? One day, you're the one that's get, that it's your responsibility, right? And and you don't, you don't know it until you're in it. So uh, it's cool that you're living that, right? And owning Mm -hmm. up. And now, you know, it's your turn to, to, to set the, the, not the tone, but I guess set the tone. And uh, Jay, no, uh, uh, KH is not retiring yet as far as I know. But uh, maybe you can convince him. Uh, I'll get in trouble for that one. Um, so let, let's go to our question. So so uh, getting, you know, talking about you and, and the way that you deliver training and, and how you're, you're involved with it, we could talk about training for hours. And, and believe me, I'm not stopping you. But I think the focus – uh, we should start with is is delivering training for a variety of backgrounds and age groups, right? So uh, it's one thing I've seen you do very well, and I know it's one thing that you've talked to uh, me about, about wanting to share your, your insight to that. So uh, when you approach a drill and you have a variety of experiences and age groups, uh, how do you how do you handle the drill? Um, the drills, it, it's – so I, I take it more of a fluid path, right, on um, – uh, you got objectives you got to meet. You you want to let's say it's drafting. You got to you got to make the draft happen, right? Um, I feel that, or that what I've seen succeed with the you know from the the older older crew to the younger crew because our organization has a lot of younger uh, people too. We have 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, um, and I hear nowadays a lot about the the cultural differences and how how to read encompass it all, and that's something that I, I think we've been struggling with everyone's been struggling with to how to get everybody under the same umbrella 100 percent um but ways that, that we've mitigated that is it's kind of like slow it down where we need to and and kind of touch on the basis break it down a little bit more i feel that firemen are more hands-on anyway uh we tend to learn learn by doing and a lot of the times the the just the instruction verbal okay here's how you do it now do it it doesn't work as well, um, and I, even if you know you've done the drill a hundred times, you could still break it down and and do the the steps, put it all together by the end. Uh, everyone will benefit from it, from the younger to the to the to the uh, oldest, and 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 then not just do the dry drills, make fun drills, right? Um, I like doing a, a a quick little drill with with the newer guys is. Get your gloves on. Oh, I can't move it around. All right, here's some screws. Here's some nuts. Here's some bolts. Let's put them together. Let's have a race. 
um, or I don't know if you know the uh, the Jenga to learn your your um, extrication equipment, right? Play Jenga with that. Make it fun. Uh, make the trainings pertainable to what you're trying to accomplish, but add that little fun component to it. And I think everyone enjoys that. So, um, and then just don't, you know, don't. I don't want to. How do I word it? Don't talk down to people, right? Every even if the newer guys or or different uh, general generation or whatever, just treat them like one. Welcome them in, and if they screw up. Let them own it, and then don't belittle them. Just go back and let's try it again. Let's do it right this time. Yeah. So just from uh, something, something on those lines. <laughs> what, would, what would you say the major difference is in the delivery from, let's say, a you know a, a fifteen to twenty year uh, firefighter versus a you know less than a year, two year firefighter? What what would be the major difference in the deliveries of those? Um, I think, I don't want to say like angry or more, more, more stern with, with older, um, because you know, you, everyone can mess up in something anytime we're all human. Um, I just think you just got to be honest, concise and, and indirect to it, right? Hey, you messed this up, dude. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more colorful at the heat of the moment, right? We're all passionate about what we're doing. Uh, however, just let them know straight up. Don't, don't try to sugarcoat it. I know a lot of people think, oh, we got to sugarcoat for the new generation, so on and so forth. You really don't. You just got to be straight up with them. Hey, man, you messed this up, right? Do you recognize that you messed it up? Sometimes they don't know. Sometimes they honestly didn't know they messed up. And that's when you got to go in. Um, this is why you messed up. This is why this is important. This is this is where it encompasses in everything. Let's do it again. Let's do it right. Let's get it. Let's do it till we do it right, yeah. even if it takes a bit longer. So... That's how I learned, at least when I first started. So, repetition and reps. Yeah, I'm, have you seen it? Uh, I, I feel like the fire service as a whole is kind of culturally changing, where uh, um, mistakes aren't a thing that people are necessarily hammering everyone for. And tra- training, it's more about growth. Uh, have you seen a shift in that, where um, people are more? Um, open to, to their faults and making mistakes in training? Are you seeing a shift in that? I think um, as far as people owning their mistakes, is that where you're referring? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that the, the first training where you talk to them like, hey, man, own that mistake. And when you get the new guy come in and whatever, ask questions on your mistakes, I'd rather you tell me that you made a mistake than, than hide all that stuff and, and try to hide it. It's going to come out eventually, right? So if you kind of instill that that um, culture, right, like we were talking about, of owning your stuff, or or if you make a mistake, fix, you know, own it, fix it. Um, it it later on sticks with that individual, and throughout their career, I feel that if they do mess up, they're more comfortable coming out like messed up. How do I fix it? So I guess you can say yes. It's just part. It's part of that culture thing that we were talking about earlier. Right? Yeah. If you if you have a culture that that you're training in, no matter what guy A is going to yell at you regardless, you're not going to want to train at all. You're not going to want to do the drill with that person or, or whatever. So they give you, I don't want to say, oh, positive environment. But, yeah, it's, it's somewhat like that. Make it somewhat positive. Make it fun. And as long as you, like I said, get your hit your objectives, hit the drill, do what you got to do, but make it in a, in, a, in a positive way, in a fun uh, learning for everyone. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you feel, I, and I'm, I'm all about it. I agree. I, I agree that people are more invested in it when they feel like they're part of it and that they feel comfortable. Um, have you, do you, 
how would then you suggest um, adding stress, adding, um, you know, training for the job-related stress then um, that comes with that? Um, so, like, when I when we begin, like, let's say you're teaching a new guy something new, first time we're going to do search, it's going to be controlled. Um, eat, not, I don't want to say easy, but very basics, right? After a while, you, you do that drill, you know they've done it a couple of times. But what I like doing is getting on, using technology to my advantage, darking them out, smoke them out with the, with the smoke, uh, fake smoke. And then I, I like to play like baby baby noises, random like weird noises on the speaker. And um, I, I know that's not 100% accurate, but it's that fireground background noise that I like to add into it. Um, because once they get into that fireground, they know that that background noise is, it's nothing. It's just background noise at that point because at first it could be very intimidating it could be very overpowering all a lot of stimuli i guess yeah stimulus stimuli stimuli uh, you're over there. a lot of stimuli right yeah you guys get what i'm saying um but little things like that adding it um you know force entry door not just one lock make it three locks make it so make it a little bit harder in in training so that in real world it's it's somewhat easier and um, throwing little little curveballs. Oh, by the way, it's a it's two two doors, so now you got to do a force of in inward outward, so on and so forth. Yeah. Like at little things like that, make it, but make it fun, right? Yeah, make it a race. Let's see, let's see who forces the store faster. Whoever does, doesn't have to do dishes. I don't know, something like that. Do you find that that, like, that competition helps with? Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's gonna be that friendly competition, right? It don't, you know, a little bragging rights here and there, but you know. You could make sure you tone it down, but or not, but whatever. It's, so, it's fun to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, what what do you do as a company officer to keep it from from becoming negative and, and keep it as friendly or, or constructive um, competition? I joined a group and I tell him if if, if I beat you, then yeah. uh, this old guy, um, and and going from there. But no, I think everyone kind of knows not to to take it too far. Um, and again, with that culture, I keep going back to that culture thing. But if you instill that in the beginning, um, we're all we're all here to learn. We're all here to, to work together. Shoot, we live with each other a third of our lives. You don't want to make it hell for you then. So, you know, treat each other with respect. Little competition here and there is great, I think. Um, and just go from there. Uh, what I do is it's just that I I take part in the trainings, and if 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 I do notice anyone's taking it too far, pull on the side like bro. You're taking it too far. Yeah. It's cool. Brag. Just, just chill. And it, it sometimes you just need that little. They need that little like moment of, all right, chill, because they don't. Re- maybe they don't. Like I said, they don't realize it, right? Yeah. A lot of some of us are more competitive than others, myself included. So I, I we gotta, we gotta tone it down. But no, I think it's it's awesome. That's that's and that's a very rare instance. Most of the time, it's positive, friendly competition, friendly bragging, and, and you get the training done in a fun way. Yeah, uh, I'm going to turn uh, Dan Frank's uh, statement that or comment that he put here into a question because I think that there's some some meat on the bone there, Dan. So thanks first Dan off Frank, for hi. throwing a comment, and then uh, Tim Wood, thanks uh, from Rochester, New York. It's cool. And uh, so uh, Dan, Dan saying, um, you know, always a fan of curveballs, uh, but it's very easy to spiral into like an absolutely ridiculous and unnecessary situation. So so how do how do we as instructors create um, a a drill that that does have curveballs, but then 
you know, do you find yourself having to edit yourself? How do you keep it where it's not ridiculous? You know what I mean? Where now you've lost the instructor. Sure. Um, I, we've instructed together. And when we, when I, you know, when I like have drills or, or host drills, I like to show it to someone else. I like to show it to, to another officer or some other instructor that, what do you think about this or too much, too little. Um, and then not only that, but I'll, trust a senior firefighter like hey come here what do you think about this and there i think the the fire the senior firefighter or that firefighter you ask is the more of a better gauge they, they're more like oh yeah that's dude that's awesome i wouldn't have thought of that or like uh too much uh we got calls or we got this going on today right and that's because a lot of times when you're building a, a training plan your mind can keep going and you just get excited and you write it out and oh you think it's awesome but i think it's just that that uh Show it to someone else. This is what I got. What do you think? And bounce back ideas because maybe you missed something. Maybe they got a better idea. Maybe you want to change your training for that better idea. And the cool part is maybe you want to take that instructor role and put it to that senior firefighter because they do. They got something. Let's see them. Let's see them spread their wings. You lead the training, right? And then you train that into a mentoring training moment for them. And then they themselves feel important in the drill. They feel invested. Therefore, they're going to do much better. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you guys do off-duty trainings that, that you put together? Um, um, not as often as I'd like. Um, we used to do a lot of it. Uh, I know you remember Tuesday night trainings. Yeah. Um, uh, however, we still have off-duty um, trainings. We have what we have in our organization, Saturday Hot Drills. It's more, more during the summer that people will come in, right? It's a little nicer weather more drills that we can do. I think that's where we get our more people come in. Um, if we are having something bigger, uh, like let's say we just had uh, ice, we tried ice rescue or, or um, diving stuff we had. We put it out on, on the email. Hey, whoever wants to get time on, on this, come on in. And um, you'll, you'll have people still coming in um, and doing some trainings there. So I think if you open it up to everyone, just shoot it out there, shoot, shoot trainings out there. You'll, You'll be surprised who bites and comes in. When when you develop those, what what are some like key differences between shift training and off duty training that you put together uh, when you when you plan those things? So I, I when I I plan when we plan those trainings, like I said, I bounce it off in ideas. I have like a, a duty crew portion of it, uh, and then a more a little bit more extensive for the people that are off duty. I, it's like a, more of a blended thing. Uh, that way, if the you know station one, station two gets a call, they they could just drop and go, and then we pick up from where they're at. Um, so we kind of just keep in mind who's on shift. Um, obviously, we'll we'll cover where we can, right? Uh, off duty people, hey, do you mind running the call if, let's say for for example, a diver, right? A diver come you know is on shift, is under the water, you're not gonna have him pop up. Someone someone that's off duty or another station can take that call, and I think everyone's in our organization is pretty open to that. Very yeah. open, like yeah, I'll run that call, come back and finish up the training, so on and so forth. So yeah, I guess there's no, we haven't really found struggles in that. Um, just getting that buy-in um, again is the continuous battle, right? We all have lives without kids. Um, I think that's just across the board right now, and and um, we'll find a better way to do it. We always can. Truth there, man. Uh. I should say uh, anyone that's that's leaving comments or anything, I try to remember to say something in the beginning. But ask questions. You're you're completely encouraged to ask questions. 
um, and anything, or or if you know Frankie and you've got a story, something significant, like you know that that people would find value in that you would want to remind them of the share. Uh, feel free to ask and put it in there, and and we'll talk about it. So, uh, but that being said, we'll, we're going to move on to another thing, and we probably will touch back on training again because it's you and me, and that's pretty much what we're going to talk about. But, <laughs> but, um, like I said, was trying to leave some meat on the bones. Uh, talking about um, changing techniques for your body type, right? So, when I, Frankie, how tall are you? Uh. Five six with boots on. Five six with boots, <laughs> and I'm six foot. And I remember when we would teach ladders, like I would teach ladders a certain way, right? And I would find that the techniques that I taught people did not always work because mm-hmm. people. And I'm not like you know, you know, LeBron height or something, but like I'm you know taller, I guess. You ain't short, but I'm not <laughs> short, right? And, and Frankie would come around, and I would watch you throw ladders different than me and and excel, right, because you're shorter than me. And, uh, I mean, I watched you throw 35 by yourself, for God's sakes. Like, you know, and, and – but the only way that you figured that out was, was learning how to do techniques for your body type. So if you could share some of that and talk about it and uh, how you've sure. adapted things over the years. All right, so like I, I think I mentioned earlier, I was really light when I uh, started the fire service. Um, I'm Hispanic, so we're not very tall, <laughs> right? Start off with, so I, I, I won that genetic pool right there. But um, no, um, started light. So first and foremost, the physical fitness is important, right? I, I learned that early on. Um, I think the first time it really hit me is when I opened up a two and a half inch hose and really felt that sucker kick me back. And that's when um a couple you a couple guys took me in and like all right time to put some meat on those bones and get in the gym step number one is physical fitness overall not just for for strength but for endurance and and for your yourself right you want a long healthy career so do it for yourself if anything um now with the height and and little things like that i used to stink it that's funny you mentioned ladders i was terrible at them when i first started um it took uh god knows how many days of me just trying to to move that ladder around and, and just keep throwing it until I found different techniques that, that work best for me. Um, and then throughout the years, you know, kind of like, you know, fixing little things here and there and, and then passing it on. Um, I, I, I think I started noticing that, yeah, like you said, people threw it, accomplished the goal through the ladder. Um, no problems there, but everyone kind of did it a little different way. And that's kind of what got me into like, there, there might be something to this. So every time I like, we teach ladders or like different instructors, right? Different heights, different, different pot, you know, di- different builds. Cause yeah, for a tall guy, that's, you know, six foot something, all muscle, boom, throw it like nothing. Right. It's, it's yeah. super simple. And then, and then the newer people there are the people you're that are there see that. And they're like, oh, I, I want to do it that way. It's not working. It's not working. And that's where we, I could come in as like, it's not working cause we're different body types. dude. It's, it's, it is what it is. And I like to teach, you know, it's body mechanics, you know, find that center of gravity, your center of gravity might be a little different than mine, so on and so forth, and 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 find that way that works for that person, and then tell them, remember how you did this, now do it a, th- a thousand more times and and tweak it so it's perfect for you, and then in turn they could teach someone else and and go from there. It's and it's just not just with ladders; it's advancing hose, it's it's all, all the aspects of the job, right? Um, different body types, welcome different sizes, doesn't mean you can't do it. 
right? You just got to adjust your technique. I don't know if you, you, you watched SpongeBob growing up. I just remember always technique, technique, technique. And that always comes to my mind. Like that, that whole episode of it's all about technique and, and some strength. So it's a true. Uh, and there's certain things like I, I'm, it's easier for me to throw a high shoulder ladder than it probably would be for you. Cause the second I start to drop the ladder, I'm already above the balance point for the most part, right? My shoulder, yeah, where I don't even have to pop necessarily, right. but like but you, you have that's, to pop. That's where little things come in, right? Like, hey, he does it this way, works great, try it. Doesn't work, try this, boom, try the pop. That works better for you, perfect, and move on from there. So I think it's it's just this, this tweaking things, just finding how it works best for, for every individual. So did you just discover those little like nuances and then you said you took it upon yourself, which is which is a real lesson here. You took it on yourself to go out and practice different things. But um what I was think your that, process then for, for for tweaking things? Uh it's just how again, the culture, right? Like you see that those guys coming in and you they, they would see me training by myself because I go out there um and just go out there till it's dark out, right? They they hey dinner's ready. Hold on, ten more. Give me five more minutes, and that started making you know how people gather around one person training or something. Then oh, try this, try that. I think it started there, and just different people coming in with different ideas, and me trying those different ideas, and like, but if I tweak it like this, or 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 do this a little bit different, take that that core idea and tweak it, it works better for me. Um, so I, I can't take all credit for by myself. I didn't invent a new way of throwing sure. throwing ladders or anything. It's just. I think it's more of people coming in, putting putting their input and helping you out, right? Trying to get you better, and and then you taking that, and then doing reps on it. Try it ten times that way; doesn't work as much as you like it. Try it ten times another way, and then go from whatever. Find which way is better for you, and keep going from there. So that's why that's why I did it, and that's how I still do it. Yeah. Uh, did you feel like uh, you took to truck work or engine work easier? um truck work yeah <laughs> yeah and i think that's just because of when i first started it the the group of guys that uh, that i gravitated more sports like orion Elkin, and you all, all those guys kind of gravitated towards that that way um all encompassing right they it, you guys everyone did everything but i think we had during the trainings more fun forcing doors and and, and cutting cutting stuff and doing searching and stuff like that. I think those are the trainings that I had more fun with, that I felt were more fun, that I gravitate towards more. And even nowadays, even yesterday, one of my, when we were doing some, I don't know what we were doing, you're like, don't you wish we were full-time truckies? Like, dude, that'd be so much fun. <laughs> so. Dude, honestly, I'm a better uh, engine ops. I'm a better hose jockey. I've, I've <laughs> learned this and I've come to terms with it. I, there's something romantic about truck work. I get it, like smashing holes and breaking through things and search. Search. I mean, I can talk about search all day. That's I, and the VES, all about it. But I've really found out the more and more classes I've taken that I'm better at engine work. I don't right. know what it is, but and again, and especially nowadays, you got to do a little bit of everything. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, for our kinds of departments, right, where there right. is no specialized sure, like our, apparatus. You know, we got to do, a little, do a little bit of everything and, and and get good at all of it. So, um, But what do I, I guess the question is what I like more is, is truck work. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's fun. Um, 
have you as as you've um gone through your career have you changed your your physical fitness approach like i know when we would all work out together uh a lot of what we did was more more and i don't know how else to phrase it other than bro lifting but that's pretty much what we did right like we put on mass and we pretty much did eight reps and we nobody i don't think those treadmills ever moved <laughs> I, and and what i'm not knocking anyone if that's no. your style of workout that's all great but do you and, and if you still do that i'm sorry if i just made fun of it but i'm offended <laughs> i know <laughs> um have, have you adjusted things over time do you, have you changed your approach to fitness yeah absolutely um i think early on like you said i was just trying to gain mass and and get huge right um we i think we said get gains all the time gains day gains right um i think as and i don't i don't, want, I don't think i'm old but as i got older i think um, that cardio started being more important uh, in my life. I think early on, I was always a soccer player. I wrestled during high school, so I came in with that cardio, that conditioning into the fire service, and that was more second nature. Um, and as soon as I started gaining mass and and so on and and all that, right, lifting heavier, doing that, I felt my cardio going down. So I had to tweak things into putting cardio back in it because I wasn't playing soccer as often I wasn't wrestling anymore um so that 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 switched my whole thinking to where I do uh now what I like to do is a push pull legs cardio and and that's just I think it encompasses everything all um overall and it's worked great for me and I don't feel winded I and I don't feel you know tired physically either as much as I used to before when I can't focus on just one or the other uh, as, as a as a company officer, uh, how do you approach training with your? I'm sorry, fitness with your crew. Uh, get your stuff done. Three. I like to do three o'clock workouts at work, um, and I like to get us all together. Uh, I got one of my guys. Uh, shout out to Ryan Day. Uh, he likes to beat me to it because I like to drink my pre workout. So he's out there already getting started. But um, I think working working together, working out together, that in a sense makes not only builds, you know, camaraderie gets you closer, but, um, you guys are working out together. You guys, I feel like that makes you live harder and keeps you in check. Right. Um, we've all been there that we're, we're, we're working out and then we find ourselves scrolling for another solid 10, 20 minutes. Whereas if you get your whole crew together, Hey, get off the phone, uh, you know, funny name here, insert name here, let's get back to it. Um, and that, I think that just makes it better. Good. Yeah. I'm um, making fun of everything. Oh, you really need that? <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you say? Make fun of people eating ice cream right before working out. Oh, you really need that? <laughs> yeah, dude. Fire, firemen and their ice cream. I'm, I'm as guilty as any. Try to. Oh, the Dairy Queen, man. Well, Dairy yeah, at least uh, uh, more context. And I'm sorry that the Frankie and I, I mean, we're old friends, so we're going to shoot the shit about some of this stuff. But there was a Baskin Robbins across the street from the fire station, walking distance. It was brutal. <laughs> We'd go over there every yep. night. No question. And then uh, we used to go to the Dairy Queen, too, to go show off the engines. <laughs> every night, I think, we went and got ice cream. Like, it was... It was pub Ed. It's a great It was Pub Ed, yeah. But yeah, I, when, when that Baskin-Robbins was across from the station, it was... <sighs> now it's a Dunkin' Donuts. So that's also bad, because everybody goes over and gets coffee. Morning you know, coffee, man. It's, it, it's so easy. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then you're ten dollars in, and every day you're like, okay, I got to. Yeah, I got to back it. off on this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, have, as uh, speaking of diet, um, uh, what's your shift life dieting like? What's your um with your crew and meals and that kind of stuff? Do you have any influence over what gets eaten with your crew members? <laughs> Last couple last couple weeks we haven't been as as good uh, I will admit, um, but uh, I think now we're back in it. Yeah, we we kind of like I don't want to say influence, but we just bounce back ideas. Hey, let's like yesterday, let's try to eat healthier again. A lot more chicken, so on and so forth. Right, like lighter meals, but but good uh, calorie dense meals, chicken, um, some potatoes, stuff like that. Um, and I think overall, in the uh, at least. At our organization, we like to eat healthier. A lot of us are like, like you said, we're younger, um, and even the the older people like eating um, healthier. So I think our meals overall are, are are somewhat in the healthy side, regardless. There may day, may, you know, summer days you want to eat your brats and burgers. That's totally fine, uh, but I think that's when people have their their like chicken and rice lunches and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, one thing uh, I will add that we do like to do together is eat together regardless. Um, I think every station across the board is is 6 o'clock is, is dinner time. We all like to sit down and eat. So I think that's that's huge too. Do you guys so, cook most meals? Uh, lunches I think are, are more hit or miss just yeah. because it's it's in the middle of the day. Some people bring leftovers. I like, you know, I, I cook at home and bring my leftovers. But dinner, yeah, well, if we don't, we'll, we'll cook together. Um for the most part, said the last couple of weeks. Like I said, before Dude, the New Year, we were bad. I get it. <laughs> There's some shifts where you don't have a choice. You just have to eat something. You know what I mean? I, I found out. Is. Yeah, I found out that there was an adult Happy Meal, so I just had to try this. Oh, thing last week. listen, dude, yeah. my kids love McDonald's, and it's brutal oh, smelling that stuff. Nobody's perfect, yeah. man. I break too. All right, it's <laughs> nobody's perfect. Yeah, but no, uh, eating healthy, we we um we'll sit down and and do a plan and let's do this, do this, do that, and uh, I think it's the one of the first things you talk about in the morning anyway. What's for lunch? What's for dinner? Right? And I think that's where it starts. And then you want to take it a step further. Let's plan the whole week out. I know I, I, we were really good at that at one point. Is planning your whole week out. Hey, you're cooked. The, you're cooking this day. Do this, and then take turns doing that. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. And tacos. Everyone likes the tacos. Dude, oh, man. I made carnitas last night. Or, yeah, last night I was on shift. Yeah. Oh. I ate way too much. Not good. <laughs> That's one thing that I will never stop eating. <laughs> Unless someone drags me away from the table. We like our foods. Oh. Uh, um, so, brotherhood's a topic that comes up everywhere in the fire service right now, right? And and you get it from 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 what most people would say is it's dead or that it doesn't exist anymore or these kids these days, you know, and then you'll get pockets of people that go, "No, we it exists. We have it." Um mm-hmm. If you could share some 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 anecdotes on brotherhood, what it means to you, um what what you do on a regular basis to help protect it and keep it and uh mm-hmm. kind of like your state of what you notice not just in your own organization but maybe other firemen that you talk to sure. uh, about brotherhood in the fire service um so what it means to me is is family um 
I'm gonna go like Fast and Furious. It's all it's family, right? We're overall we're at the end of the day we want to go home to our families, right? But while we're on shift, we're each other's family, and that's what, who we got. So we gotta watch each other's back. Um, so that's I guess in an essence, in a nutshell, that's what it means to me. Um, um, yeah, like you like you mentioned, a lot of people say it's, it's you know it's going away or it's really changing. Um, people don't care about it anymore, and to to an extent, I, I I get it. I see why people are saying that. Um, you know, you you get you come. They you know some people come from the days of no matter what every Tuesday or whatever day of the week every fireman was together, right? And that's awesome. I think that that's something that is super cool. Uh, listening to the stories that they've had, uh, you know, the people the the older generation. Uh, the retired people coming in, right? That's that's a big thing in the brotherhood. Uh, I still recall, you know, Cheese Kalowski coming in and having his coffee every Saturday morning and just watching us do that that training, those Saturday morning trainings. That's huge, right? That's to me, that's the brotherhood part. Everyone knows that she wanted his black coffee with a pinch of salt, right? I always had a a, a hot cup of coffee for for him. That's brotherhood to me. Um, and I think to keep that alive, we just got to keep doing that those stuff, that those things. Come in off shift, you know. Come have lunch off shift. Uh, come train off shift, um, and then not only that, get your, get a, get a group of you guys together. Your shift uh, doesn't have to be an all day thing. Hey, let's have a let's have breakfast after shift, right? We've done that a couple times, and that breakfast starting at seven a.m. turns into a oh crap, it's almost lunchtime. You guys want to eat anyway, and then and then head out or or you know um, at least um uh, I, I my shift, and I'm just. There's no there's no separations or anything, right? We're 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 family, we're one firehouse, but uh, I feel that we try to get together um, a lot once in a while, and it's not just gold or red or black, but we'll get a whole bunch of us. Whoever's we have a Facebook page, whoever's free this day, um, I want to go out to you know the fit, station fifty one, right? Sure, let's whoever can make it, let's go make it. Um, I've seen posts about hey, whoever wants to go take a run this day this time let's go do that little things like that i think is what keeps it alive it not, may not be the same of every tuesday night training but it could be as we're going to work out together i don't know if you recall um back back in the day we would all try to come and work out together right it, it's, it's something like that and not everyone has to be there but if you get like a whole bunch of you guys to do that um have that breakfast have that workout um have that run whatever and play that soccer game right I, i'm i'm shooting an idea of during the summer, hey, who wants to kick the ball around or who wants to play football, whatever. Just have fun with each other. Um, who wants to go out and have a drink, right? That's I think that's breaking bread and, and sharing stories. And, and not only that, but what really stuck with me when I first started is uh, getting to know everyone's significant others, everyone's kids, everyone's moms, dads. I think um, I think we're trying to bring that back. It's, it's happening more and more. Um, we just can't let us forget that that not just that our family at home is separate from our family in the, in the fire service i think there's a way to blend it all together i'm not saying that you know you equal equal time right your family at home needs you have responsibilities but when you have those outings hey let's go have a drink bring your significant under or or breakfast whatever meet us at breakfast i think that's a great time to get to know each other at a more personal level and that translates into job right all that you know Alex's family gotta take care of them we're gonna train better together make each other better so I don't know that I'm taking a lot I'm taking notes dude that was 
that was yeah that you that involving families incredibly important and mm-hmm. uh people would would tell you that that's lost out in other places um but th- th- there's glimpses of it and still and, in the fire service think, yeah and i don't think it's it's lost per se it's just we gotta I think we gotta keep it alive i still ha- i still hang out with and talk to i know um we have a lot of members that have gone away right to you know different states for for their career i like to keep in touch with them i i facetime them um different firehouses right I uh, had a nice phone call from an ex-partner uh, two days ago. Um, shout out to Brian saying, you know, we talked on the phone. Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? And just catch up with that. It's a simple phone. Po- it doesn't have to be an hour phone call, five-minute phone call. How's the family? Happy New Year. Go from there. Um, hang out outside. Like I said, it's, hey, you want to come over and have dinner, have tacos, have a beer, right? doesn't have to have a beer or anything, but anything like that, you could, it's, it's easy. I think we just make it harder than it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. Sorry, I. <laughs> I talk fast. No, no, no. You're <laughs> fine. You're fine. I, I, I make sure that I, I'm taking notes. I, I, you're hitting the nail on the head. I think people need to hear that. Like, uh, I think the that people love to go negative immediately. Right, because it's so much easier to just be grumpy and angry about stuff when it's as simple as breakfast. That could just be the start. Breakfast, right? Doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing. Um, yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about one thing that that I uh, see in you and that I, I value exponentially in you, and that is that you uh, value people. And even before you were a company officer, you know, I, I know that you were very good about making people feel welcome, making people feel like they were valued. Um, could you talk about that and and where you kind of get it from? And then, you know, what that's done for you in terms of your relationships and your career? Sure. So, I guess it's it's funny to hear like you know people mention that because I don't. It's one of those things that I guess I don't see. Um, I've heard it, like, you know, more than once. Like, hey, you're good with people. To me, I'm like, I don't necessarily. I can't put a nail on what that is. Um, I just grew up in a big family. Um, uh, big family uh, on my dad's side. Uh, here too, we're very close, right? We're we're that typical Hispanic family that will uh, every. You know, growing up, every after Sunday after church, we'd go to my aunt's house and and have a meal, and we just hang out. Uh, we still do that. We still try to hang out as much as we can. And I think that that whole I don't want it sounds cheesy, but that whole warm feeling is something that it's kind of like with me. Um, I see someone in. I know. I remember. I and I think it's just you got to remember how scary it was. Um, I'm the first one in my family to do anything like this. Anything. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm uh, you know I'm, a, I'm an immigrant, right? So it's a it's it's a new experience for myself, my siblings, uh, my parents, right? Um, it's I'm legal, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, you're um, fine. <laughs> but um, yeah. So with that with that whole family aspect in, in the firehouse, I still remember that first day I walked in. It was scary. It's a scary moment. Um, and it took like, um, I didn't know I was supposed to introduce myself and shake everyone's hands. Um, I would just say, Hey, my name's Frankie, you know, scared and 
This is the little kid, you know, five foot six with boots on, you know, it's intimidating. And I think I remember that moment and I don't want anyone to feel as scared as I was. You're going to be nervous your first day anywhere, right? It could be any job or anything. Um, but I think if you just remember how you felt when you first started and and try to mitigate that feeling, that make it a little bit more welcome. I'm not saying comfortable. Don't make the guy feel super, super comfortable that they could sit in the in the chair at 7 a.m. Uh, that's totally different. Uh, but you can still accomplish the the welcoming part of it. Hey, man, um, my name's you know Frankie. Uh, I don't I don't know if you know, but it's it's really cool if you introduce yourself and shake someone's hand. Um, that way they get to see a, a face to the name, right? Because a lot of the times you just hear a name and that's it. You don't know how they look like. You don't know who they are. And that it's as simple as a handshake, um, as you initiating that handshake. And then then from there, they take it on and, and take that upon themselves. So um, I don't know uh, <laughs> how to put it on nail, but that's just, I guess it's just how, how I am. And and I feel like it's contagious. So yeah. do that to someone and then guess what? That guy's going to do it to the next new guy and so on and so forth. Well, I mean, you've mentioned culture multiple times. Like that's that's building culture. It's it's making those little changes, and then the next guy does the same thing because they were treated well, right? You break a cycle mm-hmm. of something. Uh, not that everyone was treated like garbage coming in. No, but no. yeah, just a little more welcoming, I guess. Yeah. Um. Do you want to talk some tactics? Sure. I- Let's so, so one thing, one thing I wanted to, to to get into, and I, I'm sorry it wasn't on the questionnaire, but um, a lot of people are absolutely clueless with rural water, okay? And <laughs> and I think it's something that where where you work, and obviously where I used to work, like we were very good at it. And that area is is pretty good at setting some of that stuff up. So for for people that don't know about really how uh, basically quad two works in terms of like rig setups and how you guys kind of set up your your porta tanks could you kind of explain some of that i know this is a total like we just did a hard pivot away but um yeah let's do there's it. a lot of people that have absolutely no clue about and i think it's something that that uh, i know i know you've been on fires plenty of fires where th- <laughs> there were no hydrants and there were pools What's on the, the ground hydrant? Yeah, <laughs> and I think a lot of people think once the pools go down, the the, the building's coming down, and I know that that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of share some some of your insights on rural water and and the fire attack. Sure, um, I think uh, don't be afraid of, of drafting as the first thing. Uh, let's say you come from an organization that has hydrant, so you know, and you're you're blessed with that. It's still kind of cool to know how your pump works. It kind of breaks on the pump and, and know how to not know how it works. Know that you could draft with it. Um, I think at first it was scary. Uh, the the no hydrant, the rural water. Until I broke it down in my brain um, that it's kind of like a. And this is how my mind works. It's it's silly, but it's kind of like a Pac-Man puzzle, right? You got to set that pool up in a way that uh, tankers tenders could just make a loop, dump, and go. Make a loop, dump, and go. So I think it, the district familiarization is very important. Uh, know your target hazards, um, know where your water sources are, where you can fill at, um, and how to work that, that pump, how to, how to pull a draft. Um, and that goes back to training um, and just repetition, doing it over and over, um, finding different ways 
of drafting, how to draft, um, what you know, level strainer versus a barrel strainer. Those little things that could tweak your your, your rural water um, is, I think, it's essential for it. And then just training on it, um, timing. And I, I, we started timing ourselves to see how fast we could get that draft, uh, where we can get that draft. Uh, different lakes are the chain of lakes is mucky, right? Different chains are shallower and or or stuff like that. So you learn where where the best drafting spot is, and that's just district familiarization, training, and playing with that engine and going from there. Um, and then timing, I think it, once you start putting a stopwatch to it or timing it, see how long that water lasts or see how much you got on your tank, you know, from just tank water to you need a draft like yesterday, uh, it's, it's, eye, it's an eye-opener. Yeah. And I think where, where it becomes important. But, yeah, just look at your maps, look at your roads, and, and, and it sounds more of a burn places down in your brain. If, I, you know, I'm burning this house down, I'm going to train on it, well, where would I get my water? Where would I put my pool? Um, we were just doing that the other day. We went on a call on very narrow roads that there's no hydrants um, out of Station 3's district. And we sat there for an hour. What do we put it here? What if we, you know, set the pool here or and draft from here? Where we put all all our rigs? How would we do that loop, that Pac-Man loop, as I like, 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 like to call it? Yeah. Um, so it's just just training, man, and talking about it and being aware of it. So who calls those shots then? Is that company officers? Is that incident commanders? So so who's who's placing the porta tank Who's placing the fill site? Who's coming up with the loop? Uh, who Who's making those decisions? It, see, I, I think it's incident dependent, right? Um, if you got a newer comp or op, company officer, they may ask, uh, you know, for help or, hey, what do you think about this command? Uh, whereas someone that's more experienced, like, I'm going to set it right here. Um, you know, last fire I had that we need a reporter tank. I'm, I'm thinking I'm putting it here, and then I see my my chief come in with the tanker. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about putting it here. What do you think? Real quick, I'll oh, just move it over there. It might be a little bit better. Perfect. Let's do it that way. So it's just like, um, that was a sight, chief. What the heck? You know, like, okay, you got you brought the tanker. Um, but it's just, it's it's fluid, man. It's it's just if you're if you're the type of guy that that's looking at them, you know, and I encourage everyone if you're on the way to a fire or something. Look at a map. Look at where the fire, you know, where it's at, and start thinking about those three, three steps ahead of, of when you get there. And I think that's where it starts. Um, and me personally, I'll start thinking of uh, if I'm second in or, or if I'm in a tank or whatever, where I'm gonna, you know, put that that tank down, um, that pool down as soon as I show up. So, um, do you um, your your approach to to a fire attack? Um, is a change based on porta tank versus positive water? We always have tank water. It's knowing what vehicle is there and how much water you have. I, I don't think as far as the initial fire attack, I don't change it much, right? The goal is life safety first, um, you know, protecting property, all that stuff. Um, it, I don't change the initial fire attack first. I'm just more mindful of I got about three and a half minutes, or I got about four minutes of, you know, decent water before I need a water supply. So, you could say that if I, if it, if I know it's going to be rural water, I, I, I like to like, hey, just be aware, you know, you got 750 gallons in this tank or, or whatever. Um, and then that's why it's important for an engineer, for you engineers out there to look at your your water level. Hey, you're three fourths or three quarters, you're in a half tank. That that kind of like little reminder uh, to everyone on the fire ground. 
kind of gives the people on the on the on the pipe uh more you know okay i gotta apply this water in a smart way instead of just dumping it everywhere right um so it's again it's a little bit of everything yeah so. um dry hydrants um um do you have a lot of them? Are they preferred as part of water supply in terms of fire attack, or what are they primarily used for? I've trained on them only a few times. Uh, but we, I hate it because it's mucky. It's 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 really tough to get a, a, a draft in it. And last time we we trained on it, I sucked up fishes all over the uh, the the, t- the pump. So as far as using it on a fire, it's it's there. It's a tool that you could use. Um, I don't think I personally use one. I've always just opted out to find a water source and just draft from there, like the lake or, or whatever. Um, if anyone in the you know that's watching or is watching has experience with that or how it worked in an actual fire, I'd like to hear from it. Because um, like I said, I've only done it in trainings using the dry hydrants. And in my experience, you really there's sediment that builds in the other end of it, and that's what really tri- uh, trips you up. So, so we're encouraged to use them because we have a a decent amount of them. Um, However, the people encouraging us to use them aren't necessarily like, you know, in our organization in terms of like our policies and procedures. Right. So they spent money to put them in and they maintain them more so than than yours. Like uh, from what I've gathered, like they're maintaining them constantly. And we pretty much pull from them once a year, all of them. And there's like 13. uh, There's probably more than 13. There's a lot of them. Um, however, two or three off on the top of my head, but I got to Got to get a better though. Yeah. This is something in my brain. I, I guess it doesn't hit me until later on, I guess. So, I mean, I know from, from being up there that they're, uh, they've been, un, they were unreliable of holding a draft, right? So like there's people that want to treat them tactically as a positive pressure hydrant and, um, I mean, would you say that that's a good idea or a bad idea in your opinion of, of basically there's dry hydrant there. We're going to use that in the way that we would use a regular uh, uh, fire hydrant. From training with them, I wouldn't, at least at, at the ones that I've uh, trained on, um, just because, like you said, it's the angle has to be kind of like perfect for that, you know, uh, heart suction and, and little things like that. And it may just be a training issue and, and, and something that we got to get better at or I got to get better at more than anything. Sure. Um, but, yeah, that's something good to know, something good to play with. And maybe in these next couple months, we'll just mess with them a little bit more. It's I, I, I just always in my in my mind is uh, on a draw of water. I know exactly where the closest or, I, you know, I know where about the closest water source will be or can be. Let's try that first and let's just pull that draft. I guess we just, like you said, we train a lot on drafting that it's just... Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. More of a second nature thing, right? Like, let's just pull that draft over there, so... Um, In terms of... So, obviously, if a fire goes out, you're using mutual aid. We all are. Um, But, obviously, for rural water, there's a substantial amount of of, uh, mutual aid. Um, Is there anything unique about, like, the setup for uh, some of those tankers that come in? What What... What, what's so the procedure have, for them? I should say tenders, but you know we're just yeah, calling tankers, tankers. We're yeah. Uh, the I had the privilege of being water supply in one of the fires last year. <laughs> the privilege. They were. Um, I didn't get to play the fire, man. Uh, but it, it was an eye opener. Uh, I think what worked well is setting up. Where we set out the uh, the porta tank and um, just thinking of the needs in the future. So, like I said, I, I kind of 
thought three steps ahead. Uh, the battalion at the time was, um, can we say names? I don't know, like uh, Chief Taylor. You can. And it was really, it was really funny uh, because he would call for something, and I, my response was like, already on it, already on it, already on it. It's, it's, because it, it's a lot of needs, right? You need a lot of water. Uh, and the way I approached that is big fire, big water. So I had a, you know, tanker fill our, you know, our, our tanker dump their water. Here's a fill site. Go, go, go now. Go set it up. Another tanker came in. I think it was Fox Lakes. They dumped on. And then we, I, I lined up two other tankers just ready just in case and then just do that loop. Um, and then just strapped it from that tank, send it down ways. And it worked perfectly. We had more than enough water that in the end we ended up dumping probably the whole the whole pool at the end just because we had all the water there um different just know where your water sources is and, and just create that loop i guess all right man yeah cool yeah i mean rural water is a huge huge topic that i think it's seldom talked about uh, i think it just sounds and looks scary yeah it can be but if you kind of like get your mindset of what it is breaking like i, I like to break things down and i just need a, a water source and i need a way to get that water to the fire area and then go from there that's it's that simple yeah, um, yeah. and i don't want to say it's easy because you know that you you're going to hit your oh shoot it's, there's ice over the you know it's everything's frozen over or oh you're in a mucky area just know how your your um strainers all that stuff work and and go from there yeah no equipment uh so taking a shift back from tactics, talking leadership, talking, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of training, probably training. Um, so I hate using the term revolving door because it sounds so derogatory. And I don't mean it in that way, but your organization has a lot of turnover frequently, right? As a company officer, um, how do you approach that in terms of keeping your crew you know, at a level where they, you know, are ready to perform. Uh, it's a unique challenge. Well, not a, it's a unique challenge yeah, sure. um, that really doesn't get talked about that much. And what, what's your approach to that? You're with a different it's, crew almost every day, I think, other than what, like maybe one one guy. Yeah. So we're we're we started a permanent part time program. It's it's working it's working well. It's a once in every six days you have a, another guy uh, rotate. Uh, Station one's the one that is more uh with that that you know new, you may have a brand new crew in the pm than the am except for a couple uh full-time guys there um how we deal with training this it's something that we've it's, it's a challenging thing um because there's there's a point that you always get to a, a i want to i don't want to say advanced level but a, a certain level right your organization is up here and then you know better job you know the, the people go out to do their thing um leave their organization we train up a new guy and we're er, and we gotta go back to the basics what i found that works very well and this is just something that i'd like to i like doing um let's say we're going over for example forcing the door um we break it down to the basic level for those newer people that are just you know they're they're learning for the first time or after the academy um, however, you can still make it into a more advanced drill, right? For them, do this, and then for the older, more experienced person, hey, let's let's do this instead. Or now you have a rebar there. Now you're now that this is what you got to do. So include them. Same training. I'm not saying different things, uh, but kind of like 
step it up a notch a little bit. And it's nothing against the person that's just barely the new guy. You just got to break it down a little bit for them. And like I said in the beginning, is we break it down together regardless. You know, you begin the training, you go over. This is how you, you know, you you, you shock, get all that stuff, right? Go over those those uh, uh, bedrock, right? The foundation of the skill, and then they concentrate. The newer people will concentrate on the foundation, whereas the more experienced people can start building up on that. And I think that works really well. Do you feel like uh, some some um, instructing fatigue with that, doing that all the time? And if you do, like, what do you do to kind of combat that so you can consistently, you know, deliver basic information? Um, I I personally don't feel uh, fatigue. I just because again, foundation the foundation of a home is important. I think everything the foundation is important, and if we don't use it, we lose that that skill, right? So I think me. Uh, instructing the the bare minimum kind of helps me stay on top of it right and 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 in my brain in my mind like me us going through those basic skills with the more experienced people is advantageous because they same things happening with them they're just reviewing what they already know and 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 rep throwing reps on that yeah um and then you know the cool thing is you're doing this you know okay you're blindfolded you know force the door with with you know no sight and then the newer guys see that, like, can I try that? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. And that's how you get that ball rolling. You want them, they, they want to do that. They want to train doing the same things, and that makes it a little bit better, a little bit more fun. And to me, that's to me that's that's fun, right? Seeing that's that, great. Yeah. That, light bulb, that light bulb go on and like, yeah, I want to try that. And if you fail, you want to try it again? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, do, like that. do you find that um... – you you end up getting a pretty regular crew because people because I know like in your organization people get to kind of pick. Do you feel find that you get a pretty regular group that works with you because so, you develop like a rapport? Like I said, I'm in the outer station, just uh, station three right now. Um, so I have a a, a a partner that's worth me every twenty four. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm every, sorry. Every, yeah, every six guy. Um, I don't. You might see that at, you know a little bit more at station one. Um, I think we don't we don't see it as often as you think, just because we have people picking up shifts first of the month, and it's more of a it's a, it's a race to see who can get those shifts at first. Um, I so I, I don't really see it, but I, yeah, I mean it's possible. Fair people enough. People always yeah. picking. I mean, you like working with someone, you want to work with that person, you pick their shifts up. I get it. Yeah. yeah well, that's where I was coming from. Is if if like that your your work in the way that you develop and, and teach people if you see it pay off in that regard right where you're getting you know people that are coming for more right where, where they i think i think i see it more on the off training things or, or people hey man what are you doing on wednesday the seventh uh nothing i'm like hey do you mind coming in and helping me train on on, on whatever a b and c that's where i see it more like yeah absolutely man I'll, I'll come in and or or you could come in on when i'm working and we'll work on that that's where i see it more um, just people reaching out personally uh, to do that uh, a training then on shift that makes sense yeah no I get that uh, have you seen uh, maybe somebody that that wasn't really motivated and didn't really come to you um, wanting to learn and then have you found success in being able to develop that person where now they're they're 
more into having that self accountability and they're training and they're having fun and they're enjoying it? Have you have you been able to capture people? I think so. I've seen that, and then I think what it, it was. A, I think it was a growing moment for me. In one instance, is I'm I'm doing all I, I I'm instructing different ways. You know, there's different ways to instruct, and that certain you know person is not 100. percent I could I could sense they're not 100 percent there. That it took to it took me going like you know what let's see how this person will do with them and and going over to you know another instructor or someone another person and and going like hey man this person's struggling this and this i've tried this this see if you can find a new way and then instantly get it with someone else some sometimes it just takes that that other someone's vision someone else's mind to to get to someone right it may very well be just just that connection thing that's for some reason it's not clicking but someone else in a day makes a click that's a right? great point man yeah so you you might not be able yeah. to resonate with every single person but but as an instructor if you find another person that does connect with the student you're still being successful right like just because you couldn't make the connection yeah. doesn't mean you're a failure you right. just found somebody Correct. else that will and you still can find success that way so that's and a I really cool point a, yeah it takes like a self-recognition of like all right if it's you're not going to keep doing the same thing and not getting somewhere right that's kind of that's crazy why not see someone else new eyes on something uh it's it's needed sometimes so yeah yeah i think that's what works best that's sometimes that sometimes that's what may may work best yeah. oh, english secondly good one. <laughs> that, that esl's paying off <laughs> third, grade, third grade english yeah <laughs> well cool um i'm gonna Throw it at the chat again. If you got questions for Frankie, put them in here. We're not done, but we're getting into the closing questions, so I like to at least throw that offer out there. Uh, again, if it's something significant that he did for you that you wanted him to share uh, so others would value from it, or just a straight-up question, throw it in our chat. Um, and uh, Otherwise, we're going to roll into some of these closing questions. So, um, My... I think it's my favorite one. And I probably say something different every episode, but this one, I love this one. Um, what's one mistake that you made from and learn or made and learned from? Made and like I think the I think the biggest one and that I've learned from personally is when I first started, I was very afraid of asking questions. And and if I didn't get something, I just stay quiet about it. Like maybe maybe someone else will ask a question or or maybe it'll click eventually and like i said when i first came in i was i, I was somewhat timid um and realizing that dude no one's going to ask it for you just ask the question or ask just ask to, for help i think it's just the asking for help thing um that i that that was a, a mistake I, for me that was a mistake because we we go to a class right every time you take a class one of the first things the instructor says you have a question ask it right because someone may have the same question and, and and we all go like yeah 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 whatever then you'll sit there and have a question not and not ask it because you don't want to sound stupid or or silly or whatever and i think that for me was it started when i first started it was a point that dude every i have a lot of questions i just don't want to sound dumb <laughs> so i refrain from asking it until you know until i'm messing up so much that all right i need help so asking that question is is I think it was a mistake, or not asking questions was a mistake for me early on, and learn from it. Now, 
in classes, I won't shut up. I'll be like, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Or, or I see a senior guy or someone else doing something. I'll be like, dude, come here. What the heck was that? Show me or, or tell me why or what were you thinking? Just those questions. And that gets conversation going. And that turns into something else. And then next thing you know, you're doing a little tabletop training on something that wasn't even in the books just because of a question. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I we got one question here, so it's from Dan Frank, and I guess he's kind of just talking about maybe a, a story, and I hope that there's there's some some insight on uh, this. So it's uh, he's talking about pulling a blitz line on a garage fire, and uh, you guys like fell down or something a couple times. Is there a garage pulling a blitz on a garage fire? Oh, <laughs> I think was it asking if it was when it was all iced over. He can hear, yeah, and um, Dan, if you can oh, clarify okay. on that. I think if that's what he's talking about, um, I don't know if that was it. Uh, there was one I was teaching the academy. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, Dan, but now it came into my brain. So I'm he talking says yes. About it. He says yes. Okay. Okay. It's a funny story. Um, it was quite comical, like an old cartoon. Iced over, uh, middle of winter. We go to a structure fire. He's the officer. I'm like, so you want to sit right seat? I'm like, no, man. I'm. I was just teaching that day. I'm like, I'm going to structure fire. I'm backstepping. I'm. 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 I'm the back step today, right? Um, pull the blitz line. Go pull, go to go attack the fire. Next thing you know, my butt is sliding down. I'm just falling down and sliding down like an old cartoony slide. I get back up, waddle, 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 waddle with over the ice. Get that line again, fall again, and go back down. So it took. It was to a point that I think I grabbed the line, wrapped it around me, and then it just crawled <laughs> all over because of the ice level. And next thing you know, Dan's just turning around like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm legit sliding like a child here. Like, I have no control over this. So I think it was just, it, it's one of those funny moments that they, it just, I don't know, man. It was, it was funny. It was just comical. And in my brain, it lasted a solid five minutes of just standing up, going back down, standing up, going back down. I think it was like 30 seconds, but it was, I think the look on his face of, he, he I think he thought I was purposely doing it. I'm not just sitting there sliding for fun. I'm legit. <laughs> I, was, I don't know the demographics of my of my listening <laughs> body, right? But for those of you that aren't from the Midwest, and I, Chief Styles would back me on this. He's up in Michigan now. Is a Midwest firefighter? You, it's like a badge of honor to eat shit on black ice. That's one, <laughs> and then to have your entire helmet covered in ice oh, from yeah. like overspray, right? Like those are the two big ones, I've, and <laughs> once you do it, like you've made it. Like, but I, I know that not everybody. Uh, I don't. Again, I don't really know my demographic. It's a terrible. But I will say, in, in the heat of the moment, it's a terrible feeling. You like, you're just, you have no physical control about what's going on. Yeah, you're done with your body. You're you're just you're just going along for the ride. And I'm. I mean, that must have been a solid forty feet of just. Sliding I can't down. say I've done that, but yeah, <laughs> it was so, it was so dumb. But and like now we laugh about it, but the, I was getting frustrated. I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. And the thing is, like, it, it, in hindsight, I should have just freaking grabbed that nozzle and just let it take me with. No, I put it down and just go with it. No, but, but I will hey. say I will take that over like Texas heat any day. Oh, See, I'm different. I love the heat, man. Not in bunker gear, man. Oh my I'm god! A 
You're you're insane. Well, yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'm just some white guy from from you know the, the Midwest that's never really felt that. But dude, oh my god, I I don't even know. Like, I don't know. I hate the cold. You no, know when but... when when you don't completely put the fire out to kind of keep warm. Like you don't get that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> In Texas, where or something like that. I can't even imagine when it's a hundred something degrees out and then no relief. Yeah, I guess, yeah the 110 or 100 some that's a different story. I get it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I, I don't know if I'm right or not. I, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a bitch. I don't know, but <laughs> No, that, that, different challenges different parts of the country. I know. And that, that is what's funny about it is you could you could talk about ice and you could talk about raw water and all that other weird stuff, but somebody that's down in Florida would have no idea what that well, raw water they would, but no idea what you're talking about. You know, the ice the ice slip by the hell's ice. ice yeah you mean in our drink no <laughs> yeah. no it's yeah i you've had to have like public works come by with a dump truck and just lay salt over an entire operation yeah. i mean know, uh that kind of stuff. we carry yeah we carry uh we get the old coffee cups yeah and put salt in it and and leave it in a rig just you know just in case um you're pumping you want to lay that all over you because yep. yeah that will uh Turn to a slippery ice rink and faster than you would you could blink. So, yeah, nothing's worse probably I guess than you 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 fight the fire, you win, and you're gonna pick up and then you just slip and eat it. And now you, and then you get hurt from that. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Be careful, kids. <laughs> Did you know it gets cold out? <laughs> yeah. Um. Second closing question, uh, and and this one. I encourage you to name names, and the reason I ask this question is it gives it gives, in my opinion, the guests an opportunity to highlight someone that was really important to them early in their career. And this is, you know, who influenced you the most early in your career? See that, in that, you know, you sent that out. I kind of glanced at the questions. I wanted to be more candid, but I'm like, that's a tough one. I can't just name one person. I think at depending on on where I was in, in the stage of the fire service. It was more than one person that that had that uh, effect or that you know that what was the question that someone that sense of the fire service how it works or what, something like that. Oh yeah, that's um, later on. But yeah, that doesn't have to be someone well, who, you know. who influenced my career, right? Yeah, I uh, I think in the beginning it was it started with you know those Six Flags people, you know that you know some people like uh, Mike Wolchas or Adam Slade, Brad Edwards, um, um whole bunch of the Waukegan guys, Gurney guys. I mean, you name it. Every It was like a whole bunch of departments coming in and working together in first aid and, and, and you know, helping people at, at Six Flags. Um, and they kind of, like, got me into it. Hey, why don't you go to the fire service or to the fire academy or how do you like EMT class? Because I start – what people don't know is I started as a lifeguard, and I just happened to one day walk into the first aid for a Band-Aid or something silly like that, and I started getting along with the guys – and it turned to a point that I would just come in during my breaks and just sit down and talk to them. And then next thing you know, it's like, hey, you know the EMT class is starting, you know, in two months. You want you look like you like it. You're already a, a, a lifeguard. Yeah. And they, the, the biggest, it's the, it's the same thing, fake news. It wasn't, but, it, you know, the, at least the CPR was uh, similar. Um, but, um, and that's what, that, that's, that, that's the initial spark and what I needed Coming into Antioch, you got, you know, like like I said, you, you got yourself, Elkin, Orion, 
Um, you know, Chief Nelson was huge on that too. Like that, that, that go get, you know, you're messed up now, but you're going to get it next time. You're going to get it next time. Uh, Chief Taylor, Chief Duchesne, keep everyone, man. Like it's, um, my, my fellow, my fellow lieutenants, even now, they're the ones that, uh, are pushing me to be better, right? Want to be better. And, and the old saying sharpens, sharpens, that iron sharpens iron. I think that's, that's what we're doing right now is just, uh, making each other better. So I can't just pinpoint it to one person. I think the fire service or, or, or our firefighter in itself is an accumulation of everyone's ideas, good and bad, right? Because you're going to reflect and like, I like, I love how that person did this, didn't like how they did that. So you're going to take the positive, remember the negative so you don't repeat that process. So you're, you're a byproduct of many. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you ever lost your passion for the fire service? If you did, how'd you get it back and what keeps you passionate? So I, I don't think I've lost it, uh, at any time. Um, I have gotten what I wanted, like more for lack of better way, more complacent. Uh, you know, I like taking classes and stuff. There was a point that there was a gap that I didn't take classes. And I think it's just because I was focusing on, on bettering myself on the job. But then it took someone sitting me down or just, just talking like regular conversation. And then, um, them saying like, you know, to get better at the job is to learn new, like to take classes to get better at the job. Like I know, but it's like, dude, no, there's no buts. It's, it's that simple. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. What was it? What was I, even you know, like, what was I trying to do? Um, so, you know, back at it. So never lost the passion, just more of a lack of a period of not taking classes. And I'm not saying it was like two, three years or a year. It was like a couple months thing, but you know, there's always, there's always free classes you could take, and or even if it's just like on, on target solutions when you and on a, on a Sunday that you're bored and guess what? There's a there's a nice little course you can sit there and learn something new on or, or oh, stuff yeah. like that. Dude, there's resources everywhere mm -hmm. right now. It's crazy how much stuff is out there, podcasts. But like uh, some of the <laughs> some of the articles that are coming out now uh, in fire engineering, not that they were bad before, but there's a lot of great stuff that's been coming from that lately. That's a lot more readable, I think. Like I'm, again, not knocking what it was before because fire engineering has always been great and and um, reading those magazines. But I think um, what I've noticed lately in reading them is they're a little less wordy and it's a little more to the point now. So you can sit and you can read an article and when and they got pictures. The, yeah, but like seriously, that like for yeah. firemen, like readability is important. And mm -hmm. uh, but I digress. Uh, there, there's and then there's a lot and of a nice resources. little yeah, and a nice little like thing that I've been doing with those. Yeah, I'm pointing with a pen. The nice little thing I've been doing with those um, is those pictures. I actually like to print them out and do like a like a quick draw in the morning with that picture. I'm like, hey man, take a look at this. Yeah. And like oh yeah, like, like seriously, just look at the picture. What what do you think? It's, and they're like, oh, shoot, I never saw, you know, how to, oh, the door, opening the door in the search could tell you what direction you're going. Yeah, that's simple. And it just takes like a two-minute, you know, a minute of looking at that page and then five minutes of talking about it. Boom, yeah. you got a five-minute quick draw right there, just tabletop. Yeah, and somebody goes, huh, all right. Yeah. And then they'll maybe hopefully they'll remember that when they're inside. Uh, mm -hmm. When you're talking about free training, uh, it's not free, but or local training, uh, I am going to plug it, not that I'm, like, sponsored by them, but – um, uh, I was, I, I'm going to be attending this. It's in Huntley on February 1st. So Al, uh, the Al Schlick, uh, Memorial training day. Um, 
and there's a, a bunch of uh, speakers, so it's all classroom. However, uh, there's some great people coming in. Uh, Richie Stack's going to be there. Eric Wheaton's going to be there. Uh, the Elkhart Brass guys are going to be there. So um, it's I think it was 30 bucks. They limited it to 150 seats, but uh, I want to say there's still probably 30 or 40 seats left over. So depending on when you're listening to this, if you're live, that's right now, obviously later. Uh, and I've posted a couple times on my page, so that's local. And I'm going to try to do a better job of using my page to put that stuff out for people uh, as best I can. Because like Frankie said, there, there's a lot of stuff um, yeah. that's out there that you can take that's either really cheap or free. Um and uh, we're, we're in a really good era for training in the fire service. So, mm-hmm. and on the topic of potentially losing your passion or something like that, training's the way most people get right back into that. So if you're feeling like you're in a low, go take nothing a better. Yeah. Nothing better to get you back up, uh, you know, your, your mood up than a, like a structure fire. And if you don't, you don't get a structure fire, guess what? Go to a burn down, go to a training fire. Yes. Yeah. And you can sit and talk to people, but sometimes, like us talking shop is positive. There's other guys when you when you talk like this, it becomes all redshift and you know put the dishes away or something, and then <laughs> that's not really going to help you get out of your thing. But it's um, always redshift. It's always redshift. <laughs> yeah, I just say that because I'm a gold shift. I'm joking, like, redshift. I I know, me too. Like redshift's not that bad, but. <laughs> I'm a gold shifter. That's how we're supposed to red, red shifts, lazy and black shifts. of complainers. Isn't that how <laughs> uh, I heard that one, but okay, no, that's right. the joke. Right. Yeah. And if you were on black shift, then yeah, that's uh, right. red shifts of complainers and gold shifts, lazy. Oh, it's man. never ending. Um, so whether you've met them and know them personally or alive or dead, doesn't matter if you were going to give, someone that knows nothing about the fire service, right? You're going to pair them up with one person to give them the tour. So they, they get it all and they understand what the fire service is supposed to be about who you're going to put that person with. Ooh, that's tough. Tommy Garrett. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you want to know how big my balls are? So. <laughs> oh man. Ah, that's a tough, I didn't even see that one in the end, by the way. Um, who's that? Oh, who's that Navy Navy guy? Have you seen this the speech um, about? And I, I like it because it, it I'm, I don't want to say it's like of the fire service, but it pertains to it. Uh, he talks about uh, making your bed every morning, uh, so on and so forth. Yes. Uh, um, and that's if you do that, you accomplish one task, you accomplish something. Oh man, I can't think of the name. Someone in the chat's gonna know it. Probably Frank. He's he's smart on that stuff. Uh, I should know that. And I, um, he did a keynote. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna look it up too. Anyways, or while you guys look it up, um, when I listen to that, I think it, like you say, it kind of like, it inspired you in a way, um, and that in essence, wasn't a hundred percent, um. Not all he talked about was about the fire service, but it was that attitude that we should have for the fire services. Is that um, willingness to learn, that that drive, that um, accomplish goals and set goals for yourself and go from there. I think that um, that'd be someone really cool to to get you going uh, from there. And then I'm sorry, I I'm I'm gonna. Oh, no, you're good. I'm gonna wake you're up in the middle of the night and know the name and. 
I can't remember off the top of my head. I know what you're yeah, talking about, though. Yeah. It's okay. I mean... Sorry, I stink at that. Secret uh, of Success, I think it was. Well, I want to say he was, a, he, he's a, he was a fire chief, right? What's that fire but, chief? Maybe but, he, but he was formerly military, I, I thought. Navy SEAL William McRaven? Some... Um, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm blending things I together. Know. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at. I used quick Google, but um, it was it was cool, and I think that that like inspiration to to set goals, set tasks, um, and that that kind of like a little little thing that I like doing is in the beginning of the year, I'll like set goals for myself for this year, and then three years, and then five years, and 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 come back to it every year and see where I got and and see if I'm I'm hitting those goals or not, and I took it from that. Oh yeah, video. if you're not setting goals like that, you're not growing. Like it's that simple, right? Like at the end of the day, you got to sit down, you got to put yourself in one of those plans, give yourself a 5-year, give yourself a 10-year, whatever it might be, and then have your your yearly goals and and chunk it. Uh yeah, that's the to me that's like the way to succeed. I I completely agree. Yep. And it, it just helps self reflect, right? And and the end of the year or the start of the new year, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm where I wanted to be or but I could be better or like, dude, I'm lacking. And it, it could be that, you know, something may happen in your life. You may have a kid or whatever, and that's so understandable. But it kind of kind of gives you a gauge of where you're at. Um, you don't <laughs> this is a great quote I heard is like you don't want to be a one year fireman for 20 years. Right. You want to you want to you want to keep learning, keep going. Don't be that one year fireman for 20 years. Six, you know, make yourself better yeah. throughout the twenty. So, take classes, dude. I got, I got all thirty years of my career already planned out. That's awesome. Whether I stick to it, I, I manufactured some flexibility, but for the most part, I, uh, and and it's one of the seven, uh, seven habits of successful, highly successful people, or something like that, which is another book, which is a pretty good one if you ever wanted to read it. But uh, one of them was begin with the end in mind. Is it a podcast or? <laughs> uh, it's an audio book. You can you can get an I audiobook. Meant audiobook. Yeah, audiobook. dude, I knew what you meant. I got you. Come on, <laughs> you're on it. I'm on it, man. Oh yeah. Uh, well, sh- shit. This is the last one, and I-, I can't think of anything else. I was gonna wing it and add some more things to your way, but I'm drawing a blank. So let's let's just end on the best question ever. Which see, I already did it. I already flipped it around. But what's the best part about the job? Structure fire. (laughs) Structure fire is great. Uh, I think, to me, uh, is it's a job that uh, you're always learning in. um, That it's always going to keep you on your toes. And uh, and, in my in my mind, again, the more way that in the morbid way my brain works is that it's a job that can kill you or really hurt you. Um, So in turn, that makes you want to stay on top of your stuff. And if you if you want to stay on top of your stuff, you're driven. You're always wanting to learn some more, and then I, I'm a kind of person I like learning a lot of new things. Like right now, for some reason, I wanted to learn chess, and I'm on a chess kick, so I started learning chess and all that. Um, um, but it's it's the, it's a it's the only job that, no matter what, I feel that I could always you know, learn something new, and it and have my my brain go, what the? That's awesome, or, or brain blown. Uh, moment every time that I learn it so 
So it's, it's something that I love about it. Just it never gets old. For lack of better words, it never gets old. Love it. And, and it's always fun going into work. It's always fun hanging out with with your your brothers and sisters, your friends, right? Your family, your your second family, and I think that's cool. Big family guy, and coming coming in and seeing seeing your family grow and become better versions of themselves um, and being there for them in their good and bad times. I think that's also a really cool moment. You, you build, you build relationships that I don't think beside the military, you can really build anywhere else. So at least in my mind. And that's what I love about it. I love it. And yeah, structure fires. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> well, Frankie, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, Absolutely. it's a fun. You know, it's a fun chat, but still, uh, mm-hmm. uh, really good having you on, and uh, I really appreciate it. That's going to make uh, twenty nine episodes. So, uh, thanks again. Anything else you wanted to close with, or, or you... uh, I just want to, you know, whoever's watching, uh, thanks. If you had a part of me being here where I'm at right now, I just want to send out, you know, thank, thank you guys. Um, I, I want uh, you guys gave me everything you know the my organization the people that taught me you know old places i've worked at you you gave me my passion and 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 gave me that drive and it sounds corny and cheesy but thanks and thanks for all everyone that's working with me now and works with me and thanks for making me better and so on and so forth so just a a big old thanks 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 for having me dude thanks for kicking off 2024 man yeah thanks for thinking of me and it was fun yeah yeah We'll uh, we'll 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 chat again, obviously, you know, soon. So uh, that that's it for us. So so uh, thanks everyone, and uh, have a great evening. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, then it might not be evening, but you know the drill. So uh, we'll catch you on the next one. All right, buenas noches. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Check us out on outlierfirefighters.com, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Remember. Excellence may be a rarity, but you are not alone.